Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ghouls Magazine podcast, a podcast that looks at horror through the female perspective. I'm your host today, Arielle Powershab, a.k.a. Ari Hellraiser, Senior Contributor and Administrative Assistant for Ghouls Magazine. Every month we do a little wrap-up on some of our recent watches, and today we're going to just chat about some of the horror we have enjoyed watching recently. And today I am joined by Kat Hughes, Sarah Miles, Alex Turner, and a special guest, Fern, um, all of us contributors in one way or another to Ghouls Magazine. So how are you all doing today? Yeah, pretty good. Awesome. I've been struck with the COVID bug, but dealing okay. Oh, so. oh no. I'm yeah, glad you're feeling all right. Yeah, as I mentioned before the record, uh, we currently have no hot water, so it's uh, back to the dark ages oh. in the uh, in the Hughes household. Mom's been sneezing twenty four seven. Oh goodness. Uh, okay, so so far we've got COVID, no hot water, and um, who knows I'm what fine. else. I'm fine. Okay, Sarah's I'm doing listening. great. <laughs> Good. I've spoken Good. too soon now. Like, <laughs> but oh, oh no, it's gonna happen. But uh, it's the "I'll be right back" trope. It's gonna come get you. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping that everybody is doing better very soon. Man, us schools—we're really going through it. Uh, no, but it's good. We're at the start of April. Springtime is hopefully coming. And, you know, for us, it's always horror season. Um, I can kick us off and just mention a couple things I've been watching lately. So, I recently rewatched the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. I don't know if anybody has seen those or has feelings about them. I've never really kind of felt the urge to. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's just kind of like a case, it's one of those, it's like, yeah, I could, or I could watch something else, kind of thing. <laughs> In a whole world of movies, you're not picking Rob Zombie's Halloween. Ah, I've just, I've, I've, nah, nah. I, I, I mean, remakes in general, and mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I've just, it's just never kind of appealed to me. That is fair. That is totally fair. I do know that some people do really like them, though. Or, or I think they they like the second one a lot more than the first. I think I've yeah, heard. yeah. I think that is. I've heard that too, um, and I agree with that. I think the first one is fine, and I appreciate it. But I think the second one is actually very good. Um, and I mean, they're Rob Zombie. So if you don't like Rob Zombie movies, I got I got nothing for you. Like I can't do anything about that. But if you don't mind Rob Zombie movies or you like some of the other ones, like I think the second Halloween's really good. And I think the interesting thing about those two remakes is that like which version you watch really makes a difference. Like the un like the theatrical cut or the director's cut are actually pretty different. Whereas like sometimes when you watch a movie you don't really feel that difference. Um so sometimes I think like if you don't like one, you might like the other. But again, if you don't like Rob Zombie movies, I can't do anything about that. <laughs> My mum loves Rob Zombie movies, so I've seen both of these films far too many times. It's like it's one of her comfort horror movies, so we've seen that film a lot. Well, I want to hang out with your mom. That sounds awesome. <laughs> 
yeah she's a I mean she's the one that got me into horror so it's kind of passed it down but yeah the I remember we went in to watch the first Rob Zombie Halloween at the cinema together and we came out like I could just go back and watch it straight away again so uh, she's a big campaigner for for those two films so yeah there's there's definitely a market for it yeah are these these, um remakes of Halloween then yeah I've only seen what the first three or first four or something you've seen the the original five films five yeah not number six yet um i saw i saw zombies uh two a couple of years ago and although i liked what he did with the story and the characters that the the overall tone was just too darn miserable for my liking no no miserable rather than exciting So, so that that put me off trying his other films. I must say. Oh yeah, I think you've mentioned that before. Oddly, your child child's play films recently, uh-huh. going through like in chronological order. Um, just after we we started, just after we finished that um, Chucky TV series, and then wanted to go back to seen the originals because we haven't seen all of the originals and we wanted to see all the originals to have proper context before season two comes out and this is actually a link because we got as far as bride of chucky and fern really liked the the uh rob zombie um music in there oh okay <laughs> we remind it of uh um of child's play because um because Bride of Chucky had a tune by I think it was like the same person that yeah. I ended up looking up on my phone. Living Dead Dollar or something, Girl. I think. <laughs> Girl. Okay. Yes. I am familiar with that track. Um that's cool. I so I'm always like nervous to tell people as a horror fan, like the child's play franchise is one that I've like barely seen anything. And I've heard really good things about the Chucky TV series. So um, someday, one of my friends who's seen all of the Child's Play films isn't that into the show, um, okay. and I don't fully get why. I'm thinking of asking them why once I finish all of the uh, uh, Child's Play films, because I I've been close friends with that person for a long time. I've known her since I was, what, four, I think? Seems like you could ask why they have that opinion then about the Child's Play series. I've seen I've seen the first one, the original, and randomly, um, but the, ran- yeah, very randomly, the first one I ever saw was Cult of Chucky. Nice. Um, so I saw Cult of Chucky. <laughs> yeah, then I saw the original, and... I have now seen the remake, which I don't mind, but it is, ve- but it's it's very much a case of I hate what they did to Don Mancini in terms of the rights. They kind of screwed him over with that, and also when you watch it, like this didn't need to be called child, like this didn't need to be child's play kind of thing, and but it's fine, like as a movie, it's fine. But um, but yeah, no, I've I've seen the original, and that that's that's good fun. That the original, I I do really enjoy that one. <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm a I'm a Chucky Charles play completist. I've seen them all, saw them all in order, and I think it's a richer experience seeing the films and then going into the TV series because the last couple of 
cult of um, cult of Chucky particularly links directly into the the TV series. So they definitely work quite nice companion pieces. I mean, Don Bancini has been there from the get go with this series, and his like, love and care has has really come to fruition with this series. Yeah, that's one problem I had with the series. It was like I followed along with it well enough, but I felt like I had something missing. Mm. And it was only the later films that had the characters that I didn't actually properly understand or know. So I had to go... Uh, Mum ended up buying what was it, a, a bunch of stuff from Computer Exchange or something? Yeah, but the only good yeah. thing I think about the remake was, wasn't it Mark Hamill did the voice? Yeah, Mark Hamill. <laughs> I, I do like his voiceover work. Um, but but you're right, oh, yeah. Sarah, the, the, the actual story, it could have been some other characters altogether, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it didn't need to be Chucky kind of thing. And they also kind of, like, introduce, like, these, like, alternative dolls that's, like, little robot teddy bears. And I'm like, are they just doing that so they can, like, cont- if they want to make sequels, they can just use those instead of Chucky and oh. avoid the whole rights issue? But that could just be me with a tinfoil hat on. I don't know. I do feel like sometimes filmmakers like to keep their options open. Like, that yeah. could have been a strategic choice. Tinfoil hat or no. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about have any of you seen oh sorry go ahead the other another one that uh, we watched together recently was um dead silent exactly dead yeah. silence the ventriloquist dummy film noir ghost thing and it was amazing <laughs> i i enjoy the hell out of that <laughs> absolutely lots of fun i, I love dead like silence I, I feel like i kind of have a bit of an irrational fear for uh like dummies and and stuff um <laughs> Not so much clowns. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if Pennywise was a ventriloquist dummy, I wouldn't <laughs> um, watch, like, any, anything to do with uh, it. I mean, personally, when it comes to clowns, I operate on, with scary clowns. I operate on a clown-by-clown basis. So some clowns are fine. And then you've got, like, the clown from the Hell House LLC movies. Those are scary. I hate that clown. I hate him. (laughs) Yeah. I love Hell House LLC, though. I I really like the first one. The second one's okay. The third one, I know I've seen it, but Mm -hmm. I could not tell you a single thing about it. I have a soft spot for it, but it's not, like, you know, as good as the first one, for sure. Mm, yeah, no, the first one freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been watching recently? Uh, sure, I've been watching. Um, actually, I I was in the mood for something stupid earlier, and I'm like, you know what? Let's watch the one about the killer app. So I watched Countdown from 2019. Um, and how <laughs> was it? It was fine. It is it, it, like it. It honestly, I've seen worse. Like okay. I've seen way worse. Like, I mean, top of my head, truth or dare, way worse. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. it's 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 it is like that 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 
that kind of like very much designed to get teen butts on seats, like heavy mm-hmm. on heavy on the silly jump scares, low on the plot, and yeah, it's 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 fine. I'm not going to be thinking about it a week from now, um, but <laughs> it, it entertained me for an hour and a half, and it was yeah, it was it was it was all right. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's like sorry, sorry. no no no, you go ahead. So it's, like it's standard Blumhouse fare. It's, yeah, it's there ah, to get okay. the you know to get the the younger the younger kids in on that. Like when I was a teenager, I was watching like Final Destination at the cinema, and this oh, is absolutely. countdowns like this generation. Oh, it's so Final popcorn, Destination popcorn movie, <laughs> and it has the added bonus for for fans of you. It's got Guinevere Beck from season one. She is the protagonist, which is you know I'm not going to lie, one of the reasons why I was drawn to go and sit for a couple of hours in the cinema to watch it. <laughs> I, I, I didn't watch it I'm rubbish with tv shows but um but but also it was like you got like oh she's got like a sleazy she's a nurse and she's got like a sleazy boss kind of thing and he looks like essentially the budget version of the dad doctor vampire in the twilight movies yeah he's got like a very similar face and I was like wait is that is that the twilight guy oh no, oh no no he just really looks like him Oh, but and then it's like um, oh, it, it's just like this one thing it's like my biggest question is who has made this app <laughs> like it, it's not really addressed and it's like and it's like okay so it's a curse why would you decide to use a curse to an app to curse people and um like they even like look at the code and there's like latin in the code <laughs> Oh my god! I think I have to uh, see this movie, especially if it has Final Destination vibes. I mean, oh, we yeah. all know I love the Final Destination movies, and and it's like also like a lot of these kind of like teen horrors, especially now, have an element of like, you know, being a little bit of a ripoff of The Ring, because um, like you have like oh you have a certain amount of time, the the kind of technology angle. I mean, did any of you guys see the terrible Slender Man movie? Yes. This is also better than that, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah. But that one, I was just watching, and I'm like, they just, they just, they were just like, okay, Slender Man, um, let's do something like The Ring, and then called it a day. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, I think the Slender Man movie. I, I never saw it. Um, I think it was impacted by the stabbings, the real life stabbings that took place um, while it was in production so I think they had to quickly change some things about the movie um and that actually took place about 30 minutes away from me oh geez so yes um so I never sought out the Slender Man movie I love the original like Marble Hornets oh yeah um, that's great that that's me out yes like that I would definitely recommend going on YouTube and watching that feels like old school internet to me um, but no, I never saw the Slender Man movie, but I ha- might have to see Countdown because it sounds kind of fun. It's it's like it's again, it's not amazing, but like there's this whole thing with like the abandoned wing of the hospital that like it's just it's just a door to to like a and it is like a d- decrepit, dilapidated part of the hospital. The door's not locked. Anyone can just walk into this abandoned area of the hospital. And apparently this abandoned area of the hospital still has all its equipment and drugs in it. It was like, this feels this feels like a health, some sort of building or health code violation. 
And like you would think an abandoned hospital would be looted so quickly. Mm. Oh, absolutely. Like like uh, but it's it is just it's it's a bit silly and and you've got like so you got like you have a very nerdy kind of priest character who's like obsessed with demons and curses. Um and then you've also got a surly phone shop technician who I wanted to be in the movie much more than he ended up being because he is just like he, he's just like this guy he's just he's just a bit of a jerk <laughs> and, and they find him very entertaining <laughs> it sounds like someone was like how do we take a Ouija board but make it you know very fellow kids make it stand <laughs> out for teenagers there's an app for that yeah apparently uh, you're right, oh, it's quite forgettable. I, I saw it at the cinema when it first came out. I remember the general tone, but no details whatsoever. <laughs> uh, that is always kind of sometimes that's the worst thing you can say about a movie. It's just like I've seen it, but eh. yeah, nothing and memorable. Even <laughs> if it's like so bad, it's good. That is more fun than forgetful. Sometimes, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but um, um, I've also been playing some horror games um, on my Switch. I recently got so there's this uh, horror series over here. It's called Project Zero, but um, in America it's called Fatal Frame. And the basic kind of premise is um, uh, you are usually a young girl in a very cute but very impractical for ghost hunting outfit. Uh, walking around a creepy place that some sort of ritual happened in, and terrible, terrible ghosts come after you. And um, this particular one, it's called Master of the Lunar Eclipse. It's never been released outside Japan before. Like, before now, the only way you could play it was if you modded the heck out of your Wii to make it region-free, and then down, then bought the game, like, from eBay, and then downloaded a translation patch that had been done by fans. Like, it... It has never been released outside of Japan before, um, but now obviously it has. And it's pretty fun. It's like these girls, they've gone to the creepy island where they all got kidnapped years ago, as you do. And I'm wandering around the creepy old hospital that's got masks on the wall everywhere. And yeah, I'm expecting there's going to be like a terrifying ritual, but it's it's fun. It's good, kind of like, it's just good atmosphere, kind of horror. And um yeah, it's it's exactly my my, my bag. <laughs> I've I've not played it, so I'm not like super great at video games and by that I mean I'm very bad at them. <laughs> is it like a quick time event type game? Like until dawn? Or is no, it like no, more no, no. of a video you game? Are, it is like a proper video game and like the Shoot. whole conceit of it is like you have this old antique camera that has the power to exercise ghosts. So when the ghosts appear, you have to take pictures of them. And uh, basically, a lot of the time, to, you, you get more points and do more damage, the better the picture is and the closer the ghost is. So you have to wait until right before the ghost is about to kill you before taking the picture and then to get the maximum number of damage and points. <laughs> My goodness, I would just be dead immediately. <laughs> but it sounds really fun. Like, it sounds like I would like to watch someone play it. <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it's it's. I really enjoy it, and oh, there's also this thing where around the location there are these creepy little dolls hidden, and you can take pictures of them, and then it d gives like a little creepy laugh and says the doll's curse has been lifted. So, 
I don't know what's going to happen if I find all of those doll dolls. It's, but uh, yeah, should be fun. <laughs> Feels like a trap. Feels like you don't want to uncurse those dolls. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll probably just get like a costume at the end of it or something. <laughs> oh, I think, uh, Alex, do you guys want to say something? Is it just me or... Are video games better at scaring people than uh, than films? And I well, well, I suppose with video games, there's like the active participation element. Like you're not watching someone going to into the creepy house. You have to visit, like not physically, obviously, because. <laughs> But um, you are making you're making it happen. You are making the character go in there. You're making the character go down the corridor. You're making the character pick up the object. So I guess that element of active participation makes you feel closer to it. So that makes it a bit scarier, I'd say. I I, I think the scariest game I played was a virtual reality adaptation of Stranger Things season one, because instead of seeing someone else getting messed with by the, the creepy stuff, um, which I didn't even find that creepy or scary in the show, you're being the one that's being messed with by the, the creepy stuff in general. Uh, and Exactly. And um, I think, you know, having that, that yeah, that element of kind of like you, you are in the character's shoes or literally like in the character's viewpoint in a VR game. Like I've, I've, I haven't, I've done like one VR game and it was like a little walking dead thing. Um, it was, it's just like a little demo and you just literally just kind of turned around, you were on a beach, you turned around and there was a zombie crawling towards you. <laughs> and then that was it kind of thing. But I was like, ah, I, I don't think VR's for me. <laughs> I mean, if there was a VR fatal frame game, I would, love to play it but at the same time i would be that would terrify me <laughs> i think vr is so recent that that like its true potential hasn't been unlocked yet i i feel like even non-horror games can sometimes be quite creepy because of the the active participation one example would be Undertale because I feel like that would be uh, that's quite similar to the fact that certain characters can understand like what's going on more than what. Yeah, there's moments in that game where it essentially references that it's a video game yeah. and kind of it breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, basically in in this Undertale game, you're um a kid wandering around like a underground world of monsters and you have the choice to either befriend all the monsters or kill them all <laughs> and if you kill them all that's called a genocide run and uh you are it the game makes sure that you know you're a horrible horrible person for doing that <laughs> that is fascinating the, <laughs> that it gives you the option um i hadn't heard of that see for me i feel like movies are always going to scare me more because I'm so bad at video games that like it takes me out of it if I because I get frustrated and I can't immerse myself as much. Um, although I will say playing Until Dawn 
had a couple scary parts that got me good. But um, whereas with a film, I can sit and immerse myself. So maybe it just kind of depends on like the game or like how much you can get into it. Like I'm never going to play The Last of Us, but I loved watching the first season of it on HBO. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it very much also just depends on the film or the game kind of thing. Like, I mean, uh, have we all seen Skinnamarink? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Um, that, I, have. I think that is one that you could, def in the right conditions, you could get just absorbed into. And, like, for the best kind of possible effect in the most terrifying way. <laughs> So should I show my teenager? <laughs> I mean, you've seen it, so I would I would say you'd probably be the better judge of that. You're interested in in liminal space stuff and and, and uh, back rooms kind of um, <clears throat> videos, aren't you? It's well, there's a, some say that it's a similar approach. The the back rooms was one of the first uh, things that utilised liminal spaces in a really creative manner um in a sort of horror sense um but they're very short in comparison to skinnerbreak which is long <laughs> well yeah it's just it's just a bit too long like if skinnerbreak was 20 minutes shorter it wouldn't lose anything i think and it would it would be a lot more effective and yeah I mean, I mean, just kind of like, I mean, look at like host, like that's 56 mm -hmm. minutes. And if that had been any longer, it wouldn't have worked. Host is perfect. Like, I'd talk about host forever. <laughs> I love it. I won't, but <laughs> it's great. Um, I heard that Backrooms is getting a feature length. Yeah, basically the kid who made those videos is going to be making the movie on his school break. <laughs> good for him like, like i I'm think he's like 16 i think he is like 16 17 I'll yeah up now. i think that'll be good uh. <laughs> kat what have you been watching lately so i have just come out of festival season um i say festival i say festival yeah, season it, you've been busy it Ooh, never wow. seems to end i always think that <sighs> festival season is like Fright Fest, uh, Fantasia in July through to like November, but here I am in April having just finished and there's already more to come. But one film to uh, keep on the radar is a South by Southwest film called Appendage, uh, which I believe is going to go to Hulu at some point soon, which probably means it'll be coming to Disney Plus at around about the same time like um, Matriot did last year. It is an extension of the short of the same name from 2021, which I'm going to massacre this name, is written and directed by Anna Zlokovic. And it's uh, a woman who works in fashion design under a really diva boss who is facing so many pressures and stresses and she's stuffing it all down. And she ends up, um, manifesting her, all of her feelings manifest themselves as a growth on her side and the short kind of ends there but the feature picks up from there and uses it as a jumping point to go into some really um, wild Cronenberg-y body horror mixed with basket case humour 
Um, so it's a very much a midnight, uh, a midnight madness sort of film, which I thought was thoroughly entertaining. So I highly recommend that people check that out when it when it comes uh, comes to your streaming platforms. Yeah, you said a lot of words I like. You strung <laughs> together a lot of ideas that sound very good. I, I don't think I've heard of it. No. Yeah, it does sound intriguing. Um, although mum should watch first because <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not 18. Um, yeah, or, right, always one of these movies by your mum first, yeah, maybe. But like, <laughs> yes. um, we recently watched Death Proof, didn't we? That's, yeah, I, I can already see some smiles. That. Yeah, Death Proof is pretty good. We, we sat down to watch it because the ghouls were going to get together the next night in London with it. So uh, <clears throat> we couldn't be there in person, but it was lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm. De- Death Proof is like, there's things in it I love, but much like most of Quentin Tarantino's more recent filmography, it's too darn long. And there's just too much just random faffing about really and and okay yeah in the sense that makes a tarantino film but it did not need to be two hours long (laughs) yeah it it definitely felt two hours long (laughs) yeah yeah. but by the end it did feel rewarding it it does it feels great like and i think i think kurt russell gives a very entertaining performance in it um but yeah, it's it's just a bit of a slog to get to that point. See, I love every minute of Death Proof. And is, isn't that, doesn't that just go to show, like, I love these conversations about horror because it's always like, there's so much for everybody, whatever your taste is. And I just love listening to the friends talk in Death Proof, even though they don't talk how me and my friends talk. I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Um. Kat, did you have any other recommendations coming off the festival season of yours? <clears throat> I mean, um, Birth Rebirth, that's coming out in the US in August um, by IFC. It's a, a twist on the Frankenstein story. Uh, there's hmm. a uh, a nurse, um, her child, a seven-year-old daughter passes away and her body goes to the morgue, but the woman running the morgue um, has been for years trying to work on um curing death and it's about these two women her their daughter's body goes missing she realizes that it's with this other woman and it's then how these two women come together to try and save save this life so it's got a lot of there's a lot of themes about um parenthood interlaced with it but there's also some really gnarly effects in it so that one was that one was one but one that is available, um, at least in the UK, on Amazon Prime that we watched recently is Run, Sweetheart Run. It it dropped onto Amazon, I think, like last October, November time. And I really wanted to watch it. But festival time, there's no time for films I want to watch. <laughs> it's all festival films. Um, it's directed by uh, Shanna Feist. And it stars um, Ella Belinska from the Charlie's Angels reboot and um, Pilot Aspect from the Ghost in the Shell live action film and Game of Thrones. And it's about a receptionist in a law firm who has to go and entertain her boss's client. And what starts out as a date goes quite wrong. And she ends up being pursued through town overnight uh, by a monster who can who can smell her. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a very 
it's a horror that's very much from the female experience because the the main character in question is menstruating and so this monster can smell her blood and she oh. unfortunately does not have any products with her that would would save her and I did spend most of the film very stressed out about all the scenarios where she could have she could have got a menstrual product, sanitary <laughs> product, and is denied. And the ways in which they get lost get sort of sillier and sillier. And I just remember sitting there thinking, if this isn't an advertisement for why women should have moon cups, I don't know what it is. <laughs> right. I love it. And the credits come up, and it's just an ad for moon cup the whole time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Moon that does cup. sound stressful. Like, the idea of being caught, I mean, and you know many of us have maybe been there but you know being caught without a menstrual product when you need one oh my god like that alone could be a horror yeah. movie <laughs> i've heard a couple people mention run sweetheart run but i haven't seen it and your description of it cat makes me want to put it on the list more than any other i've heard oh yeah no that that is that has me completely sold kind of thing like that sounds like a really interesting kind of concept and like you said, you know, very much coming from a female place and perspective, because it's like a, a, a guy would not make that movie, <laughs> I feel like. No, but that's the thing is, it's, you know, people, people who menstruate have, you know, been made to feel shamed in, in so many ways. It's that dirty little secret that we're not allowed to talk about. You know, we all, it's, you know, you mention it to to somebody that hasn't experienced it and, and nine times out of ten, they're like, no, la, la, la. So it's nice to see it so front and centre in mm. a story. Just to, you know, I guess make some people uncomfortable, but also just be like, what, this is this is something that happens and deal with it, you know? Yeah. No, that 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 sounds really good actually. I'm I'm definitely gonna put that on the list. Um at South by Southwest, did you by any chance see Late Night with the Devil? I haven't watched it yet. I have a copy of it but I haven't got around to watching it uh, okay because I'm I really I've like heard really interesting things about it and I really want to see it <laughs> yeah Stephen King has championed it so that has um you know fairly quality uh seal of approval and it's I can never pronounce his surname but it's David oh um, yeah the guy the guy who was polka dot man in the suicide squad I I yes. know who you mean yes. David David yeah uh, I'm really sorry David if you're listening <laughs> yeah <laughs> great in dune and uh, uh relax and uh, David Dasmalchian David Dasmalchian there we go there we go yes <laughs> we got there we got there was... and and it's like his uh, the whole thing is like he's like a late night talk show host they're doing something kind of supernatural and by all accounts, it's very kind of in the style of 1970s late night TV. So it's got a bit of that kind of stylistic thing from something like um, WNUF Halloween special, um, which I, I didn't love that, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the kind of the whole visual aspect of it. I just didn't think the kind of story held up as much as the visual. And um, or like something like Ghostwatch, which I adore. I'm big lover of ghost watch so kind of like some sort of weird kind of merging of those two with like a trashy 70s element i'm like and and demons i'm like yes please please can i watch that <laughs> again you said a bunch of words together that i really <laughs> like ghost watch demons trashy 70s <laughs> i just watched ghost watch for the first time ever in my life um oh. a couple months ago because there's a we got a blu-ray release in in the u.s 
for sure. Um, I'm not sure oh, where yeah. else yeah, has we got it here. Okay, okay. We got one in the US for sure. And so there was like this special edition thing that came with like a little notebook and like some stills and just a really net. I wish I could remember who put it out because I should give them credit. But uh, 101 Films. Okay, thank you. Saving the it, day. It's, it's literally like in my eye line right now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I waited until I like had time to really get into it and I watched it by myself and I was just like yes this is worth every minute of hype I have ever heard I love this and I had managed to not really have it spoiled either like I knew the basic premise but I didn't know where exactly it was gonna go so I I mean saying you love ghost wash is like the most I, that's not a hot take right that's like a very normal take but yeah I, I absolutely love ghost watch and listeners in the u.s highly recommend you find a way to watch it if you haven't because it's great uh, so good and like it's like i've tried to explain um before to americans kind of like what the significance of this thing starring kind of like just regular tv people from the uk like Michael Parkinson he is just a talk show host he was just the guy who was on your tv on a Saturday night um and like the other people in it are genuine people who were just on tv so it had that kind of like it just like that verisimilitude of like this this feels real kind of thing like like I I don't know who the American equivalent of Michael Parkinson would be but it would be like just someone that you 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 know and you've seen and you would trust and then ghosts happen. <laughs> uh, so I think the analog would be, the closest analog would be Oprah. Yes. For us. Oh, I would so watch that. <laughs> I would yes. so watch a thing with Oprah and ghosts. <laughs> Someone who you just like, we trust her. We wait for her list of favorite things every year. If you're a guest on Oprah, that's like a huge milestone in your career. But also like she can bring the hard hitting questions if she needs to. Um, you know, I'm not familiar. I didn't obviously grow up watching the Ghost Watch host on TV, Michael Parkinson, you said. Mm, mm. Um, but I'm like, okay, the way you're describing it makes me think Oprah. Yeah, well, I, I think that's a really good shout. And yeah, again, I would watch the heck out of something with Oprah and uh, ghosts. <laughs> So other things anyone wants to mention that, that they've been watching lately or playing or reading, I guess we could, whatever horror you've been consuming. Hello. <laughs> um, uh, me and mum rewatched the first four screen films. Um, we don't have the DVD for the fifth one. Um, and so we couldn't watch that one, but, but we're preparing for the latest one that's, that's set in New York, I think. Yes, New York. Uh, New good, York, good. New York. Because I was planning to go and see it at the cinema and, and did, having caught number five at the cinema, but Fred's not old enough for those on the big screen yet. But uh, the, 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 the first four are definitely more of a set than, than one, one to six, in my opinion, because the way they've got new central characters, it's, it's, it's interesting where they've developed things. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, one to four, those are the ones that were directed by Wes Craven. Um, so I think I think it's natural that they kind of very much feel linked together. And, you know, I mean, kind of like part of the point with five and six is that it's not focused as much on Sydney. 
kind of thing. Whereas, you know, one to four are very much Sydney's story. But similarly, and, I was okay with, with the recent Halloween films not being all about Michael Myers. <laughs> I was really, mm -hmm. really okay with that. And a lot, I know a lot of people are not. So it's interesting how how longer series move away from their original focus. And the, the later Terminator, uh, latest Terminator film, um, Sarah Connor isn't actually the main character. No, no, um, yeah. And actually, yeah, the the main um uh, from the third film onwards um like john connor is the main one and really mm -hmm. i i guess from the from skynet's perspective the first film is a prequel like right or, or the first two films are a prequel because i'm pretty sure like what isn't John kind of like fourteen in the second film. Ten. Um, yeah, uh, and and so. But only the first one is horror. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> depends. I I feel like the the second one to some extent is horror. It's certainly got some much more shocking imagery, in my opinion. Um, when it comes to like, uh, it it it's got, it, it's it's not made to feel tense as much as the first one, but the stuff on screen is definitely more out there instead of off screen. Listeners, tweet at us at Ghouls Magazine. Is Terminator 2 horror or not? Tell us your opinions. Tell us your arguments. Would love to hear it. Have it out in the comments. Um, and Kat, not to put you on the spot, but I just listened to a podcast episode you did about Scream 5 and Scream 6. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And no spoilers here, certainly not. We're not going to spoil Scream for anybody, but um, what did you think of the most recent Scream entry? I thought, I thought it was I thought it was it was fine. I think it's it's definitely mirroring Scream 2 in the fact that the characters are at college, they're in a different city. There's um, sort of a similar formula to the ghost faces without um, giving anything away but i don't know it's it's fun it's it's entertaining but i think for me the originals will always be better i'm just on that podcast i have my theories about where i want it to go and where i think it should be going <laughs> and it's one of the things one of the only times that i've been like and if they don't do that i'm gonna be very disappointed i was kind of disappointed <laughs> with six because it didn't do what i thought would have been really clever if they did um but I'm hoping that maybe by number seven they might they might redo that. They might there's still time for them to to go back and do that. So yeah, I mean if you like any of the screen films, you're gonna have a good time at least with this one. I don't think there's it's one of those few horror franchises that is fairly consistent. Even a bad scream is a fine scream when you compare I mean, when you think that other horror franchises that are six films deep, there's not many yeah. that maintain that consistency. Yeah. I mean, they're not in space yet, so we're doing okay. <laughs> not yet. 
every good yeah. franchise has to go to space. I am telling you. Le- Fast Leprechaun. and the Furious did. Has Leprechaun been? Leprechaun's been to space, hasn't he? Oh yes. yes. Yeah. No, that mm-hmm. that's right. I'm trying. Mm, see, see now. What I would like to see would be Slumber Party Massacre in space. <laughs> that has to happen next. I right. Think. Also, Saw <laughs> the tenth Saw movie comes out this year, and if we go to space, I'd be all right with that. <laughs> goes into space you just stand up just start clapping (laughs) yeah i mean you'll find me just standing outside the cinema with a big smile has hellraiser done it yes hellraiser's been to space yes hellraiser bloodlines which uh also has adam scott in it in a very dodgy wig (laughs) Um, i own most of the hellraiser movies and i've not watched most of the hellraiser movies one day I'm going to have to sit down and really do it because I, I know the insanity that's coming, but I feel I need to experience it. Maybe, <laughs> they maybe I should watch Chucky first. <laughs> <laughs> such sights. Yes. Yeah. There's Superman in one of them, Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill and Lance Hendrickson. Are in yes. the world, I think it is, which is like yeah. a, a online game. Yes. It's like, I think Hell World was one of the ones that it was just a random horror script that they just then, yeah, took off lights. a shelf and then added Cenobites. And one of those was directed by Scott Derrickson, who yes. would then go on to do like um, Sinister and Deliver Us from Evil. And you can definitely kind of tell because it has that similar kind of procedural thing like that Deliver Us from Evil has. <laughs> in space should happen, I think. What in space should happen? In space. Chucky in space. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you could make that work. Like that would be kind of silly, and that that'd be perfect. I, yeah, I like the comedy-oriented Chucky films. Um, I, I I find them funny, which they should be if they're comedy films. Uh, and so I I I just think like that that tiny thing in Zero Gravity would be really silly. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Definitely. a doll in space, like maybe they try to kill him by shooting into space. You know, like you could get Chucky in space without much explanation. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I think fans of the series wouldn't question it. <laughs> like they, they always find some way of bringing him back, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I personally think that Scream is my favorite horror franchise. Final Destination, I thought you liked that one more. No, I said that was my second favourite. Both great choices. Yeah. Scream and Final Destination, those are my two favourite. Scream is my favourite because the characters you're going to be watching the TV telling the characters what not to do. Mm-hmm. Those characters are doing it for for you. Um, yep. And, and yet they still get killed, not because they're bad at, uh, or they're stupid, but because there's two murderers in mm-hmm. a lot of those films, or the murderer is just like really clever about about it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, 
Scream was not maybe the first, but one of the first movies to give us something like that. And it really, I mean, those of us who remember 1996 remember that way that flipped horror on its head. So yeah, I'm so glad to hear you say that, Fern, um, because yeah, I totally agree. Well, don't forget, Wes Craven's New Nightmare was the first proper meta horror film, wasn't it? And I love New Nightmare. I feel like yeah. I, I wasn't around at the time, obviously, but I feel like it was very impactful, and it yes. was, it it was very meta at the time and very modern at the time. And the more recent films are very modern at the time. As mm-hmm. me and Mum watched um, all of the films in chronological order, it was interesting to see that. The, the how the phones change affects how the stories change because yes. characters would get phone calls outside or out and about in the more recent films instead of just at their home like in Scream 1 and Stab 1 also yep. that was just an interesting concept that I yeah. didn't when I first saw Scream 2 yeah no totally the 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 march of technology i think it definitely has an effect on uh how the screen films go down i mean i think even in i think it's for they kind of even reference like twitter and facebook and things i, th- I think that is definitely uh oh, in scream for they're on about um recording the murders on video so that they can properly get it onto the news or so that they in instead of interviews, or so that they can um, get it onto YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. I I, I have I seen Screen Five. I don't. No, we haven't got that one yet. Right. But it's available to rent, so we can watch it this week if you like. <laughs> I think you got it. That, that's a that's a good weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Every weekend is a good weekend. I love that. <laughs> I'm gonna agree. I feel, like, I feel like every day is a good day, to be honest. I love that. And I think that one. is a good energy to wrap up on because we're almost at an hour and I wanna leave everybody with the feeling that every day is a good day and that you can take that message from Ghoul's magazine. <laughs> um so before we wrap up, um I want to thank you all for being on this with me. And I also want to give you a chance to plug anything you're working on, tell us where we can find you online, that kind of thing. So Kat, where can people find you and your work online? So on socials like Letterboxd, uh, Instagram, Twitter, I am at Gizmo Shikari. And in terms of in terms of work in the US, uh, vinegar syndrome release of hypochondriac you'll find some words by myself which i'm oh my gosh very uh, wow. very pleased to have yeah the um addison the director he he asked me if i'd write something for his for the release and after i sort of like picked my jaw off of the floor <laughs> i uh, sat down and wrote some words and that i believe is coming out in the us um this month if not already i'm still waiting for my copy it won't be real until i have my copy i've been paid and stuff but it won't be real <laughs> until i have that copy in my hand so yeah, that's amazing. I love hypochondriac. So cool. I mean, I did nothing but cheerlead about it for the last year, so I don't think Addison could have picked anybody else to be perfectly <laughs> honest. So. 
Awesome. Okay. And Sarah, where can people find you and your work? Um, well, you can find me. I'm usually loitering around Twitter. Um, but on pretty much all, so- all socials, you can find me uh, at Sarah Jo Smiley. And I think uh, one of my, my two of my latest pieces for Ghouls that recently went up is a review of Heather's The Musical. Ooh. and um which recently got like a showing here in cinemas in the uk and also the latest film from takashi shimizu the director of jewel on the grudge which is called Oxhead village which at, i mean if you're gonna watch one of them i would say have is the musical <laughs> okay good to know check both of those out on ghouls magazine and alex where can people find you and your work online i'm Alice Class seventy one on Twitter, which was which was my roller derby name when I was training for that some years ago. It stayed stayed with me ever since. Um, I'm not reviewing films so much these days; mostly writing up interviews. And the next one of those is look is arriving on Girls Magazine website in a couple of weeks. Um, a, a interview with the director of a film called Attachment, um, but. Whenever there's there's something to talk about, so I'm raised on Twitter anyway. Um, I I'm a bit annoyed that one of the things I was going to say we didn't get the chance to say. Um, <laughs> Mom, what what's your opinion on Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Uh, <clears throat> some other time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that says it all, really. <laughs> but it does go to show that um that like any thing can turn into a horror thing i feel like yep the the pixar's cars franchise can easily be turned into a horror thing how are they alive <laughs> um and teletubbies i i have a very creepy theory about teletubbies <laughs> well at some point i'm going to want to hear that theory because i totally agree that teletubbies are creepy um and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Ari underscore Hellraiser. I don't really know how to use Letterboxd, but I am, or uh, Instagram, but I am trying. I do know how to use Letterboxd. I'm on there all the time. <laughs> um, and before we wrap up, I want to give a quick shout out to some of our newest Ghouls Gang members. So thank you to Jill, Lawrence, Zoe, Nick, Janine, and Dana. Thank you so much for your support. We really appreciate it. And for everybody listening, if you like what you hear, Please give us a like, subscribe, and a five-star rating on whichever platform you are listening to. If you want more Ghouls Gang podcast episodes, you can become a member for just £4.99 a month. Check out our show notes or head to ghoulsmagazine.com. And you can follow Ghouls Magazine on all your favorite social media channels as well. I've been your host, Ariel, and remember to keep it ghoulish.